the content is not good. I, I talk about infoxication, which is content overload, which we all have because we're on screens the majority of our days. And so just consuming, consuming. And social media especially has become a Frankenstein of sorts in that it will also give you the information it thinks you need, which is, you know, has been fundamental in creating the polarity that we have in our country now, which I won't go to. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. What would it feel like to experience authentic fulfillment or really any level of joyful fulfillment? Now, I know that that can feel like a tall order with all of the mundane tasks and endless to-do lists that clutter up our daily life. But what if there was a practical guide to discovering your soul's purpose? And through doing that deep soul work, you began to live a fulfilled life from that place of discovery. Now, I don't know about you, but I am definitely curious to learn more. And that's why I brought on Shireen Estesam, the author of the brand new book, Free to Be. Now, Shireen is a mama and a career woman who had a defining moment in her life that changed everything. And in that moment, she went on a deep soul journey to do the soul work of discovering how to truly be free and to operate from her soul's purpose. And then she did us the the most remarkable favor, and she wrote this book to show us how to do it too. And she is beyond practical about it. And that's what I love so much about this book because she knows how working mamas think, right? We need things that are practical, effective, and that we can begin to implement immediately without really ruffling a lot of what else is going on in our world. Although I do want to invite all of us to get a little ruffled when it comes to doing that deep soul work. Now, I'm so excited to bring her onto the show, but before I do, I want to quickly sing her praises. Shireen Estesam is an entrepreneur, seasoned media executive, and transformational speaker. She has produced films, original television series and specials, created several companies, and led campaigns for some of the world's most recognized companies like ABC, CBS, Discovery, BBC, Facebook, Apple, Intel, Virgin, and so many more. And she's a proud member of the LGBTQIA plus community. Today, Shireen guides seekers in her six-week program, Free to Be, to find true and lasting fulfillment. She lives in Marin County, California with her wife and two children. Let's welcome Shireen to the show. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast. Shireen, how are you doing today? I am doing very well. Excited to be on your podcast. I am so, so happy to have you. I just want to have a little confession to everyone listening. We have been talking for almost an hour, the hour that we were slotted to do this interview because Shireen, you are just just a light bean that I cannot wait to dive into this conversation today. And I want to start with your story um, because you have such a, just a beautiful, full, I mean, the things that you have accomplished, I am just in awe and so inspired, but I would love, we're going to be talking about your story today and particularly kind of what was that defining moment for you that led you to write your upcoming book, Free to Be, and really a guide to authentic fulfillment, because I think that's what we all want. Right? Uh, Yes. The title of the book is Free to Be, and the tagline is A Six Week uh, Guide to Reclaiming Your Soul. 
So I began my soul journey at the end of 2013. I went through a major breakup with my partner at the time. We were together for 13 years. We'd been good friends for nine years prior to that. And uh, the 22 years of friendship, partnership, love, commitment vanished within 20 minutes. And that really propelled me into, I'd like to say that's what propelled me into soul seeking. But truthfully, it propelled me into a abyss of nothing. Like I was like, suddenly I was in a massive amount of pain and a lot of darkness. And I did not understand why, like I had everything I, that defines success. So I'm like, okay, this is not just a matter of a broken heart. Everything feels broken. And why, like, why I shouldn't feel this undone, you know, and I set out to find out why. And and it, it was somewhat challenging in that I still had to do everything that I was doing. And my kids were five and seven at the time, but I made it my priority. And for, for six years, I looked in every nook and cranny and I sat with my demons and I call it my magical mystery, right? I mean, there it was, there was so many aha moments and so many times where I was just flat on the floor, you know, or like in the corner of a room talking to one of my besties for three hours, you know, who is, you know, like it was intense and at the end of the six years where I really began to see the light, I mean, I, I continued, I, I had aha moments and I would see glimpses of the light, but it really did take six years to right my ship, so to speak. And in reflection, I realized that if I knew what I, I was doing <laughs> when I was at that crossroad, that the process that I had actually gone through a process without knowing it. And I realized that those six years could really be distilled into six weeks. So I basically wrote the book that I wish I had when I was at that crossroad and on my knees. So you certainly, one does not need to be on their knees in order to benefit from reading the book. It's just that I think I joke that, you know, I, I do my best work when I'm on my knees because that's when we're the most vulnerable. That's the most, you know, ego takes a back seat and you're just like WTF. Something needs to shift. My motto in the early days, I kid you not, was better than this. Hashtag better than this. And the thought was if I had, if the next minute, hour, day, week was better better than the last, that was an improvement. And so tiny, tiny, tiny little steps in these six years. And uh, again, which was profound and transforming for me. And I distilled it into six weeks. And Powerful. 
Well, I was just thinking about when you started off in your in explaining that moment where, you know, this relationship and everything in 20 minutes, I just took this deep breath. And I have a feeling that everyone who was listening did the exact same thing. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, because we've either we've had an experience similar, something like that, like that gut punch moment of like, how do I pick myself up? I don't know. How do I navigate moving forward? Everything is up for review, you know? Everything, everything's up for review. In all of your patterns, you know, all the things that just keep coming around are just available for review in that moment. And and it would be so lovely to have a framework for because it's going to happen. You know, we were talking earlier today about you know even this year, you know, for you and how you were like, I it was going to be like this. It was going this way, and then these curveballs came in. And thank goodness I've got this process that I can walk myself through where it's not going to ever be another six years. And there's so many people right now who are in their six-year process and are just looking for the lifeline to find their way out. And that is exactly what this book is all about. Well, and I think that even if you're not dealing with a crisis, so many people live a muted life you know, um, without even realizing that they're living a muted life. Like there might be something whispering in the background, like you're not living your full purpose or, you know, as passionately as you can, but either we don't hear it or we don't listen to it, you know? So I, I think anyone who feels that way could also benefit because truly what the book is about is a practical means to finding one's soul. And then once we reconnect and reclaim it, what we do with it, that is it. Well, let's talk about that because I know people are wondering, well, what what exactly does that mean? And you're absolutely right. There are so many women listening to this where there is a whisper of like, there's more for me here. And maybe I'm just kind of in the monotony of day to day, but I know that there's more. And how do I step into the more? How do I identify what that is for me? How do I move out of this monotony of the day-to-day and just getting caught up in the obligations and the the stuff and the drama of my life and find something more? Yeah, it's really a matter. I mean, the, the first step really is the excavation, the clearing of the slate, Because what happens, and I mean, there's science behind it, too, in that, you know, they say that we disassociate to different degrees when we are quite young. So we, as babies and toddlers, we're full of life, full of joie de vivre. Our soul is singing. And then depending on the situation and to the degree of the dissociation, we separate from our souls. And then what happens? So instead of taking our cues from the inside, we start taking it from the outside, right? So you talk about, you know, being busy with all the busy work of life. I mean, that's pretty much what starts setting in at five years old. You learn to play by the rules and like, oh, I need to get the A, you know, to make mom and dad happy and the teacher happy in order to go to you know, second grade, and then I need to do this and I need to do that. 
And then, you know, the teen years and we start adulting and more responsibility and, and all of that. So layers and layers and layers of stuff. <laughs> and then people are like, oh, follow your passion. And you're like, you know, because you've spent so many years doing what you believe that you should be doing. Other people wanted you to do whatever to appease your parents or to find worth something, you know. It's very rare. And this is why I think that artists and not all artists are very unique in that way because they've, they're they choosing otherwise, <laughs> you know, that the core, their inner star is still speaking through them, you know, and musicians will call it, you know, being in the flow. Well, what is that? That's just your soul, like living out loud. But most of us, don't do that. We're not in our flow. I mean, we've never known what to be in our flow is. You know, we forgot at three-year-olds. Correct. Well, that's it. I mean, people say, you know, follow your bliss. It's like, where is my bliss? What is it? You know, so the, the first part of it and the first half of the book is literally clearing your slate, clearing your runway. So, so you can actually find your soul. And Shireen, do you mind if I ask, is it is it through query? Is it through questions that you move us through this? Because I know even, you know, some of the women who are listening right now, you know, a question that I, I even pose is like, what do you love? What brings you joy? Because so often we've lost ourselves in family. and It's actually even more practical and how-to than that. Um, and it's been... I, I wrote the book very intentionally. So the structure of the book is very intentional. And one of the, the intentions is to have it be experiential rather than conceptual. You know, like you hear something, you're like, oh, that's an interesting idea. And then you actually live it. You know, it's the difference between being in the passenger side and watching somebody drive and then getting behind the wheel. Totally different. You're sitting right next to each other, but it's a very, very different experience. So I wanted it to be experiential. And so there are exercises throughout the book every uh, week. And again, I deliberately structured it the way I structured it because, and I'll quickly go through um, the chapters if, if I may, which is uh, basically a chapter a week. But the idea really is, and and even like the like part one, so it's six weeks. So part one is um, the first three weeks. Part two is the second uh, three weeks, each one. So 21 days and 21 days. And there are some, you know, studies about how habits are made or broken within 21 days. It's not exactly that cookie cutter, but that is also kind of a subliminal intention in the background. So the first uh, week is all about brain detox. And I start there because if my process taught me anything is that your, our brains are fantastic COOs. They should never be CEOs of us. They should never, ever, ever drive the bus. Really. They should be tasked with something that they can carry out and sometimes they have great ideas and such, but our brains default to the negative. You know, there's studies that say that it's somewhere between 70 to 
And then 95, up to 95% of our thoughts are repetitive. So we have bad thoughts. And they repeat themselves. <laughs> they, they repeat themselves. And then what do we do? We add new content to it. And the content, and I talk about this significantly in the first chapter, the content is not good. I, I talk about infoxication, which is content overload, which, which we all have because we're on screens the majority of our days. And so just consuming, consuming, consuming. And social media especially has become a Frankenstein of sorts in that it will also give you the information it thinks you need, which is, you know, created the, has been fundamental in creating the polarity that we have in our country now, which I won't go <laughs> to, but so we are getting information that is added on to our negative repetitive thoughts. And it is up to us to one, minimize the information coming in and two, really realize that we are the ones having thoughts and our thoughts don't have us. And once you have that realization, once you're able to step out of our stream of thinking and to a, a space that's called, you know, people call it awareness, consciousness, and be able to have that distinction, there is tremendous, tremendous freedom around it. Because now when I get stuck in a certain way of thinking, I'm, I'm like, I step back and I'm like, just a thought, doesn't mean that it's real, doesn't mean that it's reality, and I could choose something different. And that aha moment was one of the biggest moments in my process. So a lot about the mind and how we should manage it. I have a section on the amygdala, which I call Amy, Amy G. Dalla. <laughs> and Amy, Amy and I have had a love-hate relationship. So some humor in there. She's just trying to, you know, she's trying to extra protect. <laughs> All the time. All the time. Stranger danger. Oh my God. Watch out for that. Watch out for her. Watch out for him. Don't do this. Yeah. So she just needs to sit at the back of the bus a lot of time. So uh, week one is all about detoxing our mind. Week two is about detoxing our hearts. And that's really about how we take care of our heart. We tend to task our hearts with the wrong things. Like people say, follow your heart. I think it's a total misnomer. The heart all the heart, I call the the heart, and it's often referred to as our inner child. I call it our inner puppy. <laughs> because all it wants is to be cared for, to be loved, to be acknowledged. That is it. And the heart is super fickle, right? It wants ice cream one in one hour, then it wants a nap. It likes one thing, then it doesn't like one thing. And that's what the heart does, right? It gets angry, it gets upset, all that stuff. And great tend to it, pay attention to it, see what those emotions are about, but don't let it, don't confuse it with your soul. And so there's shifting our relationship with our heart and not overtasking it. And then also 
really guarding it from situations and people as well. So that's really week two of of the book. And week three is about uh, detoxing our body. And again, not just by eating better, sleeping better, exercising better, but also shifting our relationship with our bodies as the only vessel through life. And uh, again, I give some very practical tips and, and exercises that we could do, but it's, you know, there's, there's basically two things that we default to when relating to our bodies. We either ignore our bodies, kind of expect it to come along as we're doing whatever we're doing. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it can be very inconvenient when our body doesn't want to do the thing or doesn't have the energy for the thing that we need to still do. Right. But it's, and it's like, come on, let's go, you know, and, uh, or, or we abuse it, you know, you're too fat, you're too old. You're so shifting all of that. And so the idea is that when you detox your, your mind, your body, your heart, it, it, as a natural byproduct, once you lift all of the stuff, the layers, the schmutz <laughs> that is on top, then your soul can breathe and be like, hey, here I am. <laughs> Somewhere buried in the big pile of laundry you haven't done in 50 years or whatever. <laughs> Correct. So finding one soul is truly becomes a byproduct of that detoxing and being very intentional. And then part two, week four is my favorite because it's all about play, adult play, as in um, like doing cartwheels in your backyard, wearing uh, different costumes and doing role play like you would as a kid or reading your favorite um, children's book swinging on swings, uh, dancing, you know, it could be, and there's eight different uh, play personality types, which I talk about. And some of them were usually a combination of a few of them. I am a combination of three of them. Uh, and then there's ones that just don't resonate with me. So depending on your play personality type, um, there's various play activities, which I talk about in the book. Week five is all about getting in touch with your true north. Um, uh, I think people often confuse soul and spirit. Uh, the whole spiritual realm is super fuzzy, and it's no wonder that it's often confused with the woo-woo or religion, but it's really not. It's truly about spiritual wellness and spiritual health. and People tend to confuse our souls, which I believe is our unique imprint in this world, in this universe, no other like it. And then the higher consciousness, universal energy, God, whatever you want to call it, is the spirit that connects all of us. So week five is all about the dance between the, the spirit and the soul. And um, week six is about rewriting your story. And again, super practical. Like I have a Venn diagram 
plan for it. And, you know, so it isn't like, hey, good luck. You know, it's literally a step by step of creating the the life you want. And it's really important for me that people get that the emphasis isn't on being better organized or more productive and, and all of that. Like there is a huge step that we are all missing, which is, are you living your life from the inside out? Is your, is, are you a supernova? You know, like your star is just bursting, 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 and you're living that out. Or are you just living a life that you are supposed to, or you think that you're supposed to live? And that's a huge distinction. Um, I'm, you know, as I'm processing all of it, I love, I love how you break it all down, you know, and I, I, and I think that the way that you break it down from week one, all the way down to up into week six, it's the process that we need to go through. You know, we need to do the the clearing of all these, I think it was like 80,000 thoughts. Again, like you said, 85% of those are negative and then they're repeating and and we get caught up in those. And you're, you're right, the CEO is not the role for our brain. Like a lot of us were given this beautiful brain, but there was no instructions on how to use it. Like, you know, how to really leverage it for our soul's purpose or our our higher self's purpose, you know, and, and really what we what we were here to come and create. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through the super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my essentially whole magnesium restore supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code podcast and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. And then I love the way that you think about tending or the way that you work us through tending to our heart. And I was curious, Shireen, um, I, I know that you probably, I, I'm probably in week one is, you know, I know the ego was a major player here too. And how do we, you know, how do we, you know, the always the need to be right or like, oh, I've been wronged and, oh, you know, just the ego always just trying to get attention and just kind of fighting for position in learning how to quiet that. I know that that's that awareness that you were talking about as well. You know, the things that kind of get in our way. And um, in really finding our truest purpose, one of one of the things that really spoke to me that I find I, I'll never forget when I first read that we are not our thoughts, and that we we've got to create that buffer room so that we're not reactive. You know that we we give ourselves an opportunity to show up from our our higher selves or our adult selves or our, our soul driven selves. Um, and I remember thinking, like, how am I ever going to become aware of my thoughts? And do you speak into the practice of that? Because as I've been in practice of that for years now, you know, it's really fascinating how, you know, those reactive thoughts or those trigger thoughts, they still come. They're still there, you know, especially when I'm at my weakest moments, like if I'm super tired or I'm I'm sick and I'm still trying to operate in the world as a mom and a partner, then those little things will start to pop up. And, you know, something like the one of the, the things that come up, my patterning is that um, no, no one's helping me. 
No one's no one's helping you. You got to do it yourself. Ooh, it's one of my it's it's hard grooved, man. In my worst moments, always is like, get well. Look, look. There's the proof. Here, here we are again. <laughs> Isn't this true? You know, it's so. Um, and so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm that I know that's got to be a lot of those that first 21 days is trying to kind of rewire or get get above the ego and get above our patternings and our our limiting beliefs. And do you do you walk us through in terms of um, just kind of just becoming showing us how to be more aware of those types of things that keep coming up? Oh yeah, I mean, in, in everything that I talked about, there is a step by step because I don't want it to be a woo-woo book where it's just like, live your best life, <laughs> you know, like. You wrote this book for me, like these practical, you know, that I'm like, I need action. Like I need the experience to move myself through, you know, there's so many conceptual books out there that don't give us the blueprint on how to take action on those things. You know, I, I remember reading The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle and I was like, huh, well, this is great. But how do I actually do any of that? Like, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> he might as well be saying I need to become an alien to, to be able to do this. And and they are beautiful books. I mean, I've read so, um, so many of them, but, and there's a lot of takeaways from that. But like, if, if somebody wants a, a shift, then that's why like the likes of the artist way is really good because it's like, Hey, okay. You want to you want to go there? Let me let me t- take your hand. Let me take your hand and and move you through because I went through it and it was really effective. And hopefully it'll be it will resonate with you. But that's a very different. I mean, I, I think that any inspirational, motivational book that resonates with anyone is worth a read. But the how to is often missing, and it's not necessarily practical. So for me, it was really important to create practical steps so that, you know, whether you're a busy mom or a major executive, it could be woven into the day-to-day. And what's really interesting to me is, frankly, that, (laughs) you know, it's like, if you want to change your diet, you you research what the best diets is like, oh, Mediterranean diet is really good for us. Okay, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to change, you know, I'm going whatever it is, you take those steps for a better diet. You want to work out, you go to the gym and you figure out a exercise plan that works for you. What works for Joe over on the treadmill may not necessarily work for you. If you feel like, you know, you're you're having mental issues, you'll go to a therapist. But then when people like spirituality, quote unquote, I don't even like that term. I like spiritual wellness or spiritual health. It's like anybody's, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like there is no true guide. It's not turned into practical steps. And I think there is a need for that. There's a desperate need for that, especially, you know, this is again, this is I, I always tell people I serve everybody by serving women. Because, you know, and, you know, I guess we are, who is, who's got all the hats? Who's got the the mental bandwidth of where did my son and husband put their things? You know, I just like, you know, every, everyone's like, every mom, mom better know where it all is. And guess what? I do, you know, and, you know, and, and that the thoughts that come up of, you know, just, it's just the constantness. 
and at this end, and and also focusing on my my soul's purpose, right? And we've got to have those practical steps that move us through the ascension of getting there. And I, I want to add that the the beauty of getting in touch with one's soul, reclaiming it, it I, I liken it to balance. You know, this is why I mentioned. You know, you talk about flow to musicians. They know it instantly and they know when they're in it, like instantly, because they know that visceral feeling. So when you tap into your soul, when you connect with your soul, you know it, you you feel it. And then the same way that you get on a bike and you instantly recall what balance is and without thinking about it, you just it it's rote. It happens. It's the same with reclaiming one soul. At least that has been my experience and uh, the experience of those who've read the book and and have done the process. It's in you. So it isn't that you have to remind yourself. I mean, sometimes we all go off course. And frankly, the only time that I know that I'm on, off, not on my course is when I am off of it, where I'm like, oh, something is off. And I stop and recenter. But otherwise, like right now, I'm in it. I'm in my flow, you know? And there's a beauty in that. And there's an energy. Well, it's an energy. It's a connectedness. It's an aliveness. And the world is going to be, and and life is going to be what it is. And it's not easy. There, It's not like, it's not like you go through the six-week process and suddenly it's like, Butterflies and rainbows. It's the same world, but it's how you dance with it. It's how you meet. It's how you react or not react, you know, that makes all the difference. I think you said it so beautifully. Every time you talk about kind of that flow, because I know that there's a lot of people who've never even felt it. They don't know. I always think of the movie, the Disney movie Soul on Pixar, um, where you can feel that. They're in there's that, that flow zone or just like they're just in another, you know, another place when they're so in their flow. It's funny that you talk about Pixar because I have a few friends that <laughs> work there. And also um, one of my very favorite movies, and I mentioned it in the book, is Inside Out. Like that is such a profound film animation. I mean, it's incredible. Because it's it's pretty much saying what my my book says in a very different way, but like feeling all the feels, like joy realizes it needs sadness. I mean, like, oh my god! I, I remember sitting there because I went to a lot of you know Disney movies and such with my kids, and I would sit there and like, oh, that's really sweet, eating my popcorn, and inside out, I was like, what? Like the genius, yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, all the, the emotions and the thoughts again, like, you know, <laughs> the orchestra of like, again, not being, the, not being the CEO, like having a soul that's able to kind of delineate, but it's, yeah, it's an, it's an, it's an incredible movie that really gives you a good sense of kind of what's going on inside of, of our, and kind of tending to our heart, really kind of that chapter two, that, that second week, sorry, the second week of, of the program. Another question I had, which I found was really interesting, is in in week four was play and the play archetypes. 
And I was curious as you were as you were kind of working through the process in those six years, and and play became came up. Was there resistance initially to that play, or did you find that you needed to rediscover it? Yeah, yeah, a lot of rediscovery, no resistance. I mean, it was sort of like literally life knocking on my door and like, can you come out and play? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, I can. And, you know, I it, it's interesting because I discovered the book play by Stuart Brown. And I had the privilege of spending an afternoon with him when I was writing the book. And, and I have this play idea, which hopefully will come to fruition at some point. Um, which he loved. And uh, I just, I happened, I, I can't even remember how I happened upon the book. And it may have been, it may have been um, listening to his TED talk. And then I looked up the book because I, you know, watch a lot of TED talks and other videos and such. And this one just really resonated with me. And I'm like, oh my God, I have, I can play. Like I can play. And also realizing the times that I have played as an adult, but haven't really considered it play and really redefining that for ourselves, because what we consider play mostly, I mean, what is this like going to dinner with friends or, or going to a bar and, you know, and that, you know, uh, it's usually alcohol consumption. And, and then what do you end up talking about? It's either relationships or work, you know, or, or kids, which is not, play, you know, and again, playing as in, you know, like cartwheels. When was the last time you did cartwheels, you know, or somersaults or whatever it is that brings you joy. So the discovery of that and figuring out what it is for me, like just really quickly, I'm a combination of three play personality types. One of them is creative. So I, I find tremendous joy in creating things and it it helps me be in my flow I'm also there's the joker personality I love I don't like pranking people but I love you know kind of messing with people and making things light and and joking around and stuff and then the adventure I avid traveler and some and when I get to combine those three oh my god which often happens when I'm traveling I'm in heaven but play can also happen is so like you could take three minutes out and and play. So it's important to figure out the the play personality type. And I'm telling you, like, can I just say really quickly, um, uh, when even before I defined it, when I was running a series for I think that one was Discovery, the Discovery Network, and I had my team ended up getting used to it. Um, like they just knew what was going on, but I had the production assistant buy a disco ball and um, I put it in the middle of the room. And if I felt the stress level went too high at any given, like people could be on in a meeting on a call or whatever, he would turn off the, the light. I would just cue him. I would put on the music and the disco ball would go on and we would all, they would all have to get up. We'd all, meet in the middle and we would dance our butts off up until the time I felt the energy change and literally like turn the music off, turn it back on and everybody goes back, but you could just feel it because everyone's lighter and happier. Why? Because they've had whatever, five, 10, 15 minutes of playing and it makes all the difference. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, play and connection too. Like, because there's a connection aspect of that where oxytocin, you know, kind of kicks in. It's it's the one hormone that can trump cortisol. You know, she can just put cortisol in her place. Um, and so I love that because you're dancing together and everyone's, you know, there's like this, this connection and that play. Kind of how you described the different, like stacking your play archetypes, but like doing the things that you love. Um, a friend of mine calls it pleasure stacking where you are like, maybe it's a, maybe not, it's not play, but play would be like, oh, it's a dance party. And you're wearing your, it's a costume dance party. And there's like some other component to it that like, that brings it in, that ends up becoming this like pleasure stack. But yeah, I bet travel is where you can really stack a lot of those things all at once. And it feels so good. Like that spontaneous joy that can happen in those moments is just really That's what it is, too. So the only rule of play is to do so without purpose (laughs) to 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 do it. I mean, the intention there is to obviously play, but to. Intentionally play unintentionally. (laughs) I love it. I just um, recently had Dr. Thamit Sethi, who wrote Joy is My Justice, and we talked a lot about cultivating joy, play being one of those ways, because that just feels so good. And, and it's just another tangent, but like, you know, we get to, we get to have that too and be in our soul's purpose. And so, and the, the last question I really have for you, you know, is being in that flow of like, cause I think it's, I mean, you know, outside of joy and connection and deep friendships, you know, a sense of purpose you know, that we're connected into our soul and we're doing the work that we're here to do that fires us up, that like has us in the flow. I know that you talked a little bit about, you know, there's a structure to it, like kind of figuring out what that is, but it's the feeling that I, that I really attribute to knowing when I'm in it. Like when I'm, you know, I, after this, after our interview, I um like my work in the world, my flow in the world is to really, you know, optimize, help women optimize their health and well, in a way, their health and well-being in a way, like their metabolic health, that they are firing on all cylinders, that they are living their purpose. So that they're the obstacle of, of, of health issues or hormone issues, they're moved aside so they can really do the work that they're meant to do in the world. Um, and anytime I'm curating content or I'm ideating for the podcast or I'm working on a book proposal. Like I'm just like, I'm so in my flow. I'm like, this is what I'm meant to do in the world. Like I, this is what I was put on this earth to do. And I know it. And every time people talk to me about it, they're like, obviously this is what you were meant to do. Like your passion for this is so crazy. And so I, I, I know what that feeling is to pull from. Like I feel it right now as I'm telling you about it. About, well, I love it. But is there anything else that helps us identify that we have found it? that we, we know what that, that is. I always just attribute it to a feeling and that I just can't, I feverishly can't stop doing it, you know? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's really a, it's like, uh, I just uh, thought of um, the book, uh, Seated Soul, because it really is that, it's a very visceral feeling. It's like constant inner contentment and fulfillment. And again, I, I almost don't want to say that because then people are like, oh, I'm going to do this process. And every second of my life, I'm going to feel fulfilled and content. 
And it it's not that way because again, we meet the world <laughs> and the world isn't structured that way. Maybe we can all collectively shift it closer to to that. But it's it's what's lying underneath. So that instead of excavating, you know, for for three weeks in order to hopefully find, you know, your your soul, that that inner star, that it is consistently there and it is within an arm's reach, even if it isn't glowing that morning. Well, I love how you said how you know you're away from it. The way you know that you're off center from it is when you've deviated, like you can feel that. And then I think it's like maybe, like you said, a North Star, but maybe a going home to. The North Star is is different because I feel like that's our inner star. North Star is what I consider spirit. It's like our higher consciousness. Our higher consciousness is different than our souls in that the higher consciousness is the the spirit, the universal energy. That Exactly. Whereas in our soul is unique. And once your soul is connected to that higher connection, higher consciousness. I mean, that's when the true dance begins. And, uh, you know, I mean, the feeling is being, like you said, connected and in love. And actually in loveness is actually a really good, it's like being in love with yourself, your soul, your, your inner star. And again, the feeling does not go away. It, it may be a little more pronounced on some days and a little less, but either you wake up feeling it, or again, it's it's at an arm's reach. It's not very far. It's, it, the, the distinctions, I think the distinctions are really important. You know, distinguishing the difference between heart and mind and body and not confusing one for for the other, which sounds a little silly, but we really do. And it makes sense once you read the, the book. So those distinctions like, oh, this is my body wanting such and such, you know, and then really sitting with it and getting the guidance from our soul rather than trying to think it out or, you know, um, having all sorts of emotions around it or whatever it is. So having distinctions, being able to name things and putting them in their place is super important. That that clarity is, I'm so glad I asked because I just got a better breath of kind of what it is. Because I know as 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 we're listening, some people are listening, trying to just trying to just kind of get clarity. Obviously, it's the book we need. And the last little question, this is more of a like a, a logistical question. Um, so I highly recommend everyone get the hard copy. But as a mama on the go, I mean all the time, 24-7, um, is it also going to be on Audible? Is it going to be available? Okay. Yes. So I'm a yes. I'm a yes. Get it on Audible and get the hard copy because I know that this book is experiential. So when it comes to experiential books, you have to have, you got to have it. You got to have the physical copy. I do. And everybody, you know, reads and listens different, but I do the, the Kindle, uh, um, uh, audio book, audible, um, mix so that I can be in the car and listen to something. And when it ends, and if I pick up my Kindle, it starts at the same place, which is genius. Uh, the The Kindle version and the print version are available 
for pre-sale now. Like you could click on it now and buy it. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and a few other platforms. And the audiobook, I believe, is going to come out closer to the print date. I don't know if they have, it might just be on the print date. Um, it's the pub date, which is June 20th. But uh, the book and Kindle version can be. You can get it right now. Right, right now. Right now. You can go get it right now. Ah, <laughs> uh, ooh. Thank, I just want to say thank you for, I, you, know, you know, so often I have, I have incredible women such as yourself um, on the show, but we don't get a really good sense of, the breadth of the journey of what we're going to go through. And I just thank you for walking us through it because I have so much anticipation, even though I know, I mean, I because I know there's more work for me to do. You know, I know that although I'm very connected into, you know, my soul's purpose, I still know that I need, I absolutely need the first 21 days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just... That the the clearing of you know the 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 brain detox and the you know re, you know all of it, I mean even if we've done the work we always need a a, re, a repeat of it and so thank you so much for you know the journey that you had to go through to get this book out into the world thank you and thank you for the vulnerability of of putting it out there for us as well and then the structure and the practicality of actually doing the work so that we can come on the other side. Like what I feel is going to happen is who you are on day one of the six weeks is not who you're going to be on at the end. If anything, you're going to find who you truly are at the end of the six weeks. And that is probably one of the most beautiful gifts anyone can give themselves. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the great conversation, the recorded and the unrecorded. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And congratulations again. Um, I'm so excited to get everyone get this book. Uh, it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited to go through the journey myself because it sounds like such an epic journey to just come home to yourself. Thank you. Thank you. So my biggest takeaway from listening to Shireen's wisdom today and really her breaking down the six-week program in her book, Free to Be, is that experiencing authentic, real fulfillment is totally doable and it's within our reach. And I believe that we deserve it. So I wanna offer you that opportunity to see for yourself in her beautiful book, Free to Be. I have loved it. I am in the middle of it right now. I cannot wait to continue to devour it. And there are so many little takeaways and even epic takeaways that I'm getting from this book. You know, it's one thing to have health as a foundation. I truly believe that we need that to kind of elevate into our soul's purpose and to really self-actualize into the work that we're meant to do in this world. But it's equally as important to really find deep fulfillment in the everyday life, in the life that we live, and to get to operate from that place. I think it's a gift that we deserve to give ourselves. So I will have the link to the book, Free to Be. I do recommend you go and grab it, even if it's just Audible. If you're like me, I consume two to three Audible books a week on my walks. And I'm just so excited to, to finish up this one this week. And I know you were going to love it as much as I do. Again, free to be will be in the show notes. You can grab it on Amazon, wherever books are sold. And if there was anything that you were walking away from this conversation today, please feel free to subscribe to the show and take a moment and just rate the show so that women who are looking to become the CEO of their health have a place to land 
and to get educated and empowered. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.